0: Welcome to the Finding Success Show, where we interview successful people so you can learn what it takes to find your own success in business and in life. Coming to you live from the Jersey Shore with your host, Justin Bosak, Abram Covella, and Steve Libman.
1: Welcome back to the Finding Success radio show. For those that are seeking it, have found it, failed at it, overcome it, and the various definitions of it, happy to be back in the studio with you guys once again. Thank you so much for our guest, James Avery, chef owner of The Bonnie Reed. I pronounced that right? Yep. And uh, how's everybody doing? Great, Great man. Good morning. Cool. So, I mean, so much to get through today, uh, everybody's history, but so something I'd like to share, talking about success... Is it is day ten of the new year, and I have consistently woken up at four fifty five every single day Ooh, and I made it nice. to the gym. Nice. So this year will become a successful, health year for me. No longer putting it on the back burner. So if we're going to talk about success. You guys can now hold me accountable week to week. So I love it. Figure we'll talk about it on air so people can make <laughs> sure <laughs> we'll mention it's we'll mention your pitfalls every yeah, time you yeah, miss the gym. That's you yourself accountable. That's it. So, uh, so James Avery, thanks so much for joining us uh, in the studio today. Just uh, would love to learn a little bit about your backstory, give us kind of your overview and talk about, you know, m- we always like to ask kind of what your definition of success is and uh, whether or not you think you're achieving it and stuff. But why don't we go through a little bit of your background first?
0: Yeah, sure. Well, so, you know, first thing, I always like to kind of give myself an intro. I kind of get called Chef James Avery a lot, but uh, I'm just a guy, you know, I have a, a wife, four kids, I love them dearly born and raised at the Jersey shore. So I, I pride myself on, on being that. Um, but yeah, a little bit, my backstory, um, started working at a very young age. Um, I always had that itch to go out and kind of make my own money and do my own thing. So, you know, restaurants seem to be the low hanging fruit, um, for a teenager to get a job. So I started delivering, uh, Pizzas and working my way all through high school doing that. I, I had a DJ business. I had kind of delivered ont-
1: pizzas in Jersey, yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> so in Jersey, where the best pizza comes from. That's right, it's, it's 100%. Real. Um, so, yeah, I had a DJ business. I had the entrepreneurial thing too. So, again, I like that. Um, off to college, I went, you know, four years studying communications again, working in restaurants, loved the lifestyle. I guess by my senior year, I, I just kind of looked back at my life. And when I was in college, I, I kind of went to my mom, like, I, I think I want to go to culinary school now too. And she's like, okay. Uh, so, you know, off I went to culinary school in, in Fort Lauderdale, um, that's where I met my wife, by the way. She was studying fashion design and she was also a, a Jersey Shore native, but we didn't know each other. Met in we, Florida. we met in Florida at a awesome. bar. It was
1: wow. really cool. We're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Six degrees separation. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, she got pregnant shortly thereafter. We moved back to Jersey. I, you know, was questioning, do I want to be in the restaurant business? You know, I have this new baby now. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, I, I actually got out of the business and I started working in her family's business doing financial planning. Um, so that was in Tom's River, actually, right down the street. So I, that wasn't for me. I spent, that was like a, you know, just dip my toes in it mm-hmm. and realized that I got to get back to chefing. And, uh, you know, there's really no such thing as a normal job. You know anybody who's successful? and We'll probably get into this. Is there's no normal? Yeah. You're you're all in, and it's it's that's what you are. It's who you are. It's what you do. It's you know seven days a week, twenty four seven. So anyway, I, I went back to cooking, and I started working for David Burke. Um, he had a rest. He's a big New York chef. If you guys aren't unfamiliar with David Burke, another New Marjorie, Jersey guy right? success story. Yeah, from Roger. Mm-hmm. I worked for him there uh, for you know a little while, and then. You know, I I had an opportunity to do a little seasonal restaurant in Lake Como, New Jersey. You know, my family has has had a piece of commercial property and I decided to outfit it uh, and make it a, a, you know, a a restaurant called J Cafe.
1: Um, So how long is this after you got out of college? uh, Yeah,
0: good. Okay, so I'm kind of going too fast. Uh, It was probably so I was 27 at the time, 26. Okay. so, um, yeah, again, it was just my wife and I, we just had the one kid and. You know, again, I just, I, I'm not talking about all the mundane restaurant jobs I had. I worked for a lot of chefs in and out of kitchens, yeah, yeah, right. all aspects. You know, I worked everything from scrubbing toilets to dishwashing to, you know, serving to bartending to cooking. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I worked all through college doing that. Uh, but now I'm back in Jersey. I'm 27. You know, I'm now married. You know, we um, have one kid and I'm, I want to go try my own crack at my own business and that was where, you know, you, you, you I don't want to call it a failure, but, you know, we, we did it, and it
1: was great. I had a lot of
0: great slinging feedback. Slinging
1: PECs over there? Or Say like, it again? <laughs> you slinging PECs, or <laughs> what were you guys making at? Uh, we
0: so it started out with, like, health food, you know? Okay. Trying to do organics and trying to do... Um,
1: oh, you're a little before your time.
0: Yeah, well, I was way before my time, and, yeah. and I learned very quickly that, you know, not everybody wants to eat the way I eat. So the next year, I saw the property, saw the kitchen, I'm like, right, this isn't going to work. So, I, you know, it just... I didn't have a liquor license, and I'm, I'm selling, you know expensive product and it was good I had a little following but ultimately I decided to pivot the business and I turned it into a burger joint so I wanted to do like my version of an east coast in and out burger um, and I did it and that was successful but it just wasn't in my heart you know mm. You know, and I still only had the one kid at the time uh, you know I'm, I'm not working with food I'm not I didn't feel like I was making people healthy I wasn't it was just it was good don't get me wrong it was great and I love burgers I eat them to this day but <laughs> it just wasn't how, what I saw myself doing yeah so I just, on a whim, like, you know, and after the season, by the way, shut that down. I was really kind of depressed and lost. Like, I'm kind of skipping that part. Like, I was like, what am I doing? Like, two concepts that I tried to do didn't work. I'm 28, I'm 29, whatever I was, 29. And I'm like, what, what am I going to do? So I got in my car and, uh, and I did some, ta- I drove a taxi for a while too. That's another thing. So I was just okay. trying to make ends. meet, Like, whatever I, I could I did do. that. I, I drove some limos before. So, you no, know, yeah, and then I just got in my car. And I was like, you know, screw it. I'm gonna, I drove to Atlantic City. Because driving to New York was impossible. I didn't really want to... There was nothing in New Jersey at the time. There was sports bars and pizzerias and Chinese food restaurants.
2: Yeah.
0: So I'm like, I'll go to Atlantic City. I'll get a job. I'll get, you know, working for somebody, uh, you know, a sous chef job, or I'll get get benefits, all that good stuff. Well, what I got was a $12.57 seasonal job as a cook. And I took it. And Atlantic City, from where I live to Atlantic City, is about, you know... uh, 60, uh, 70 miles. So, imagine that. I was doing that six, seven days a week.
1: Yes, yeah, so you three on. hours on the road. And sometimes
0: I'd get right down here, you know, on exit 80 and you'd hit bumper over bumper bumper traffic. It would take me right, two right. hours to get there. I, I did it. And I just, I just stuck to the cause. You know, I was, again, I was living in a small apartment, a condo with my wife. We were able to pull it together. You know, I had some, some money. Um, but it was tough. It was really hard. And I just, I just, blindly just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And I worked for this guy. His name's Anthony Anamoroso. He's a dear friend of mine to this day. He's actually now like the head of food and beverage, or I'm sorry, corporate chef for MGM Properties. MGM wow. Properties. So he's a, a, a big time guy. Um, and I, I was working for him, but he he actually, his story was that he was a, a Michael Mina chef, a Michelin star chef. Yep. He beat Morimoto on Iron Chef. Like He's got a really cool resume. And I was like, that's the dude I want to work hmm. for. Like You know, and that's another key to success, right? And fine talent. Like find talent. Mentors yeah, mentors right. are, are, are what will make or break you in life. You know, nobody does it by themselves. There's no such thing as being self-made. True. Find the right mentors. And that's what I do. I find the right guy and go to him. So started working for Anthony and he just, he saw my commitment. He saw that I was just like this like tunnel vision. Like I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything other than just getting in my car, driving three hours each day, and then, just, you know, working really hard all day. Um, and then I get a phone call uh, he gets a phone call and then he calls me and says, Hey James, uh, you know, Gordon Ramsey's doing a show in town, uh, in, in Jersey. Uh, cause at the time Gordon Sue chef used to work for the company I was working for in the hotel at the Borgata. And she was asking, can, can you spare anybody to come help us out? You know, we're doing some consulting on a show and I went, uh, you know, Anthony really liked me because of how hard I worked and it was just, he saw that in me. And he sent me to go work with Gordon, and that was kind of like my first real leap in my life, like really, finally. Like I had two businesses fail. I tried get you know, I, I, I tried getting out of the business. Like I'm not really getting the traction I want, and I'm making you know, five hundred dollars a week, if that. You know, like crazy stuff. And now I'm gonna go work with Gordon Ramsay.
1: Now how long is that? So from so I was
0: so by so I started working in, at the Borgata at Sea Blue in the spring of 2010. Okay. okay. And then by, uh, November I was working alongside Gordon Ramsay on, on a, I just took a little break. My, my boss, Anthony said, you can go do this show because we're slow and I can afford it. But you know, it's a good opportunity. I went and did that season of kitchen night, um, kitchen nightmares. It's the show where he goes and works with restaurants and kind of rehabs them. Um, so I went and consulted on that and kind of stuck around there for a little while. And that was over. I went back, uh, Anthony had a, a really good opportunity to go to Harrah's and the Caesars properties to open up a, a couple restaurants with another big restaurant group out of New York City. And he brought me with him to go do that. So I opened up four restaurants there with with, uh, with him, you know, collectively. I, I had to run one. It was a, it was a Mexican restaurant. Um, and I did that for a couple years. Uh, again, still. And now this is three years and I'm still making that commute. I'm driving back and forth to Atlantic City. I actually ended up getting an apartment. My wife had another kid by then. I remember I, I started making $40,000 a year. I'm like, I, I'm there. I can, have, awesome. I can have another kid. <laughs> I, can, I can do this. Benchmark. <laughs> we can do this. And, and we did. So, sorry. So, and we did. Um, and, uh, you know, I did that for a couple of years and I met a, a bunch of amazing chefs. Again, choosing mentors. You know, now I'm, I'm, I'm with this giant restaurant group, you know, opening up restaurants that, that, that were really successful in the city. We're bringing them to Atlantic City meeting all these people and, and just having, like, the time of my life. Like, it was a really hard time, a really stressful time, a really hungry time, but it was it was one of the best years of time of my life. Um, um,
3: so you got lucky. So I got right. lucky, You got yeah. Lucky? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you made, just, your own, exactly. you made your own luck. Well, that's it. <laughs> you yeah. you got to yeah. follow those paths and those hurdles and, you know, literally jump through the hoops and scrub mm-hmm. the toilets in order to get on Gordon
1: Ramsay's show. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. it's yeah. give up time, right? Like, you... Failed once, failed twice. Right, yeah. We got to try something else. Uh, like, yeah, you know, isn't that all of our stories? It's, <laughs> it's
3: literally the same story. Persistence yeah, trans- totally, talent every totally. time. But you build right. scar
0: tissue with failure. Like, mm-hmm. like I just, I just had a, a failure. At a restaurant, and I don't even call it a failure because I don't even know it failed. It didn't work out in that location. Closed the books. You know, I, I apologize. I didn't apologize. I told my investors it didn't go the way you wanted it. Let's move on.
2: Just another like, step like, to success, man. That's, that's it. it.
0: Right. Like, and so you get this like scar tissue, and it and it's huge, and then that's another. Uh, I think characteristic of successful people.
1: Sure, like your skin just, gets thicker. Yeah, you can yeah. handle failure better. It sounds move on faster. Yeah. yeah,
0: but anyway, so so yeah. So back to Atlantic City. Um, I got the uh, the phone call from this woman one day. I'm like at my daughter's something, one sporting event she was doing, and they said, "This is you know Cynthia, and I'm an executive producer uh, on Hell's Kitchen. You know, Gordon Ramsay's lost his uh, his sous chef of ten years. You know, we're considering you." Uh, to be his sous chef and I'm sitting on the phone like
3: uh. yeah right
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like I thought I thought that was my one like that's cool like five minutes of fame Want to go do that with him but now I'm actually getting asked to be like on like a real show with him like like for, for longevity and they're like it's you, between you and like these other like three like amazing chefs on the west coast and I'm like thinking mm-hmm. to myself like kid who started delivering pizzas like you know just and here I am like I'm getting ready to like oh, go work for uh, Gordon Ramsay so I left Atlantic City and, it, and that was just from there on like it just like the trajectory. Now going back I didn't I skipped this part. Um, I really was clear about writing my goals down when I went to Atlantic City. like that's why I didn't get deterred by the12 cents. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do whatever it takes and then in five years this is where I expect to be. I, I expect to be making this salary by year one by op- being you know, be a chef of multiple concepts by year two. It kind of happened with be our guest. I was opening up other restaurants and doing this. And I, and I stated my income that I wanted and I got to that point. So like once I got to, you know, being on Hell's Kitchen and like, and, and again, like I'm giving you a very abbreviated story. Like yeah, I, I was, no, I was right. really getting yeah. some serious chops, like really like spending time in the kitchen, spending time reading business books. Cause at this point in time now I'm actually a boss. I'm a leader of a kitchen. I'm not just a guy on a station. I'm actually like learning how to like talk to people and talk to mm-hmm. sit in my, uh, at a boardroom meeting and talk to, you know, the director of food and beverage at my hotel or my corporate executive chef and like how to conduct myself. Yeah. It's quite uh, the evolution too, right? Yeah. I mean, because
1: there's different sides of that business and it's yeah, it's, it's all different.
0: Exactly. So, you know, I went out and, and, and worked with Gordon Ramsay on Hell's Kitchen for, you know, four seasons and, my you know, it was hard and I'd have to live out there and I'd, I'd come back and forth and I'd consult here and there. But the last time, uh, this would have been 2013 was the last time I did a, a Hell's Kitchen or was it 2014. And I got back and I was like, you know, I really hate now I have three kids, you know, a wife and I, I hate leaving them and then coming back and trying to run around and, and scramble. So I'm like, I got to get my own restaurant. Like now is the time I've got, to, I got some good exposure, like a multitude of experience, like, and just different things that I can piece together. Um, so I started just doing pop-up dinners and a pop-up dinner. If you're unclear what that is, it's basically you just, you're hosted in, in a, you know, a, kind of like this, right? Like a kitchen that you can just do whatever you want out of it and try a concept. So, I did that at my friend Neely's place, heirloom Kitchen in Oldbridge, and people liked the food and there was a little buzz going around. so there's these guys opening up a beer garden in Asbury called the Asbury Festival and Beer Garden. And they, were, they wanted to do a seafood restaurant as well. They heard about me. I walked in there and said, "Hey guys, you know I can I would love to partner with you on this." And then it kind of got worked into that I'd help them open the beer garden. I, that kind of introduced me to a lot of business partners and, and investors and just future people that would be very paramount in my life. Um, they ultimately wanted to get out. You know, my time had lapsed at, at, um, at, uh, Asbury, the beer garden, and then, uh, they wanted to get out of the Bonnie. So I went to the investors and said, Hey, you know, I really think I could run this thing on my own. I basically have been, you know, doing it. And it's my concept. So I took it over and that was 2017, 2016.
1: So same owners, both restaurants. You went in and basically bought your partners out of the, of the money. Yeah. Road
0: I, well, I, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like an investing thing, right? Like I get people to invest in me. Like I sure. have some of my own money in there as well. But you know, when, when you're, like, you go to investors and you work out a deal where they get their money back and things like
1: that. So that restaurant was opened? It was. So I was the chef partner originally okay. at the Bonnie
0: Reed and cool, my, cool. my original partners, you know, they wanted to go do some other projects. So, I basically went to my current investors and, and, and said that, you know, I, I, I think we should buy them out. And then I kind of worked out a, a better equity deal with me. That's, it's really, that's another thing about successful. It's gotta be a good deal for everybody. Mm-hmm. You can't be a pig, you can't be greedy. You gotta really, you know, look out for other people. And then it just, it does come back. I truly believe that. Yeah. So our... you know, it was a good deal for them and it was a good deal for me. And, you know, we've just had a tremendous amount of success at the Bonnie. you know, it's, it's, it's an, it's an and amazing story. Open now? Uh, we're going into our fifth year Awesome so, Congrats man Yeah and as a restaurant That's you know It's hard And seafood's hard You know, Nobody was touching seafood For the longest time Sure And you know
3: This guy will touch it He
1: yeah. loves that seafood towel. <laughs> oh my god, he he is is god. Means, tavern.
0: Tavern. I don't mean it Do you have a seafood custom, I mean it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like Actual operators Because it's a highly Perishable product It's super <laughs> right. expensive yeah. And you can mess it up Very easily You know So right. that's it's what we a, do It's a hard concept what's your, yeah. what's
2: your specialty dish there
0: yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, it's so simple. Like, there's no like, it's fish and chips. It's lobster rolls. It's chowder. It's there has to be something yeah, I special about it. But that. what I tell it's everybody nice. is like, let's be known for just being awesome at everyday things. Right. So we're known for our linguine and clams. You know, we use imported pasta oh, from Italy. We use grass fed butter for the sauce. We make this like ridiculous clam oh, broth man. with fennel and pernod and white wine.
3: Take it easy, eat yeah.
1: salad. I know, right? Classic <laughs> so like, yeah, clam I mean, sauce.
0: Like, take, that's my dish, man. I love that. But yeah.
1: Meanwhile, no. my wife is making reservations as she's hearing this, so <laughs> yeah. it's good. So um, that's, that's
0: my story. I know it was kind of long. So no, I, know, it's it's so amazing like story, resume.
1: right? And we, so the first show, we kind of all went through our own, uh, our own stories. And so a lot to kind of go through there. Yeah. Um, so let's rewind like we kind of usually do. Right. And talk about success principles. Like what is going to separate you from getting from your first failed Restaurant to Bonnie Reed versus the guy who opens, fails and doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. Right. Because I think we've all had that experience where we had to make that choice of, am I going to press on and let this define me? Or am I going to get over it and learn from it, create some wisdom from it mm-hmm. and, and then continue on. So what do you think it was in your mind that, you didn't allow the first failure to define your career.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, if you're going to do great things, you're going to, you know, what is the expression? If you're going to cut lumber, you're going to make some sawdust. Like it's just, it is what it is, you know, and it's, it's hard. It's hard not to take it personally, but you have to go in knowing that failure is a 100% part of the process. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's unavoidable. Um, so I think I told myself that early on, even though it was hard. I knew that very early on and I knew it wasn't going to define me.
3: So it's um, setting the proper expectations yeah. and knowing that, hey, I mean, yeah. I get knocked down. I just get back up.
0: Yeah. I, keep mean, pushing. yeah. I mean, we've heard all the things, you know, it's we've heard all the cliche statements about it, but it's it's so profound and so true. Yeah. Um. So I, and I think a lot of people just like they take it personally. They think that they did something wrong and they just don't understand that, like, things don't always go the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Every <laughs> successful person I know has gotten kicked in the teeth. Yeah. I mean, it it yeah. comes without without question. yeah. My favorite quote to Calvin Coolidge, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not, nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not, unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not, the world is filled with educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The most successful people I know are not the smartest guys. Mm -hmm. They're not the wealthiest guys. The, The most successful people I know are the people that just have no quit in them. And that's it. And all right. So, so that's, that's fantastic success principle. Number one, you mentioned this before mentors. Yeah. Um, So, you know, a lot of people come to me. So I'm, I'm in real estate. We haven't really gotten to talk a little bit about my story, but so these guys are owners, operators of residential real estate. I do commercial real estate investing constantly when we speak or when we go out to these networking events, stuff like that. People always come up to me and go, will you mentor us? Right. Can you show me what you did? So I'd like to have an open conversation about what's it look like when you actually seek out a mentor? How do you do it? Right. Mm-hmm. What's the right way to go after a mentor? Yeah. And and how do you add value to them? Because that's what I found, like the people yeah. that have helped me out. I didn't just go knocking on their door and say, hey, give me, give me, give me. Right. right. I want to know like. So. So how was that for you when you said, hey, I need to find somebody that's going to guide me in this? what was it about them that drew you to them? Yeah. And then how did you approach those guys to, to get them into a place where they would mentor you?
0: Well, you, you, I mean, it's kind of easy. I mean, you pick the mentor. You say, who's got the results that I want? <laughs> like, who is living their life the way, you know, I see it. Um, now, but,
1: business and personal, right? 100%, 100%. Like,
0: yeah. you know, so, who is kicking ass in life? Like, what's the expression? You know, you're, you're, the, you're the average of the five people you hang out with oh, the yeah. most. Yeah. Like in, in my career, like that's what I wanted to be, you know, like I didn't want to work for the, the cocaine addicted alcoholic on his third, you know, wife chef. The guy I picked, you know, and I picked many chefs, but like specifically I'm talking about Anthony. He, you know, he, this guy was a triathlete. He was in shape. He was sharp as a tack. He was all business. His, re- his, his resume spoke for himself. His accolades spoke for themselves. And I'm like, well, whatever I have to do to get in the door, if I have to work the fryer for the summer making $12 and 57 cents an hour. I want to figure out what his mindset is. Like, yep. What are what is he, what's his routine look like? How does he sharpen his knives and any opportunity I had to sit there and over his shoulder? And and again, to your point, it's also very true. Like he, he, he has a business to run, a kitchen to run. He's not just there to make James Avery a better chef. So you have to provide value for them. There's, Drew Brees says it. You know, every man needs a mentor and an apprentice. So they want they want to pass on that knowledge, people. Mm -hmm. You just have to be willing to take it and and shut up. Right. You know. You gotta
2: be humble about it. In their timing too. Not my timing. On their
0: time, exactly right. right. Like I get a lot of kids that come for me, and they're like, "Uh, "You're not showing me enough." I'm like, "Dude, this isn't. I'm not your culinary student like (laughs) school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, Like uh, you." It, through osmosis and over time it will go to you and just
3: watch right. yeah. patience is key
0: but yeah I mean I think he saw with me and people see with me that I I, I just I go at it like I said, I said earlier I go all in I go at it um, you know and face down mouth shut
1: yeah and <clears throat> well and as a boss right I think we can all relate to the people that come in to our businesses that way mm-hmm. whether they say they want to learn or want to make money or whatever you, you can see that tenacity In the people that are going to be successful, yeah, right? And like you kind of automatically take them under your wing because you see a lot of yourself in them Mm -hmm. and go, yeah, I remember being there. I remember being that hungry. Not that I'm not now, but I'm at a different space in life and I know where you're at. So come along for the ride and ask the questions along the way, but also… Put your head
2: down and shut up. Yeah, go to I mean, work. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah I mean, we we run a mentorship program, at, you know, at our office. You know, there's new agents that come into the business. It's tough. I mean, you need to know what direction to go in. You know, who to kind of. You know, so it's sometimes people don't know who to gravitate to or or what the process is, and you know, so we could, we help people pair them together with the right people sometimes, and that helps. You know, with what you did, you know, finding the finding that guy and and, and work and grinding, you know, and, and just working those levels. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, that's that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people miss that 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 level. You know, just like you have to work hard at the same time. You're not just going to be given everything. So let,
1: let's boil it down to even more simplistic. Right? Is it, you have to find the people that you respect that have the lifestyle that you want. Right? And first, you got to pinpoint those people. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't start at the right spot, right? Right. They're like, oh, I see this Instagram success, right? Or I see this TV success. And it's like, look, that's not real life, Mm -hmm. right? Social media has done a terrible job of providing us with a real look into somebody's lives, unless they are very open and honest about that. But so choosing the right mentor, I think, is really digging in and finding out, okay, so what's what's your life look like, Right. Are you downing three bottles of vodka yeah. in the back room or or are you going home and having a successful marriage yeah. and ha- being a successful dad? Yep. And, you know, so what does it what does the holistic picture look like? And then so all boils down to this, right? Start with your own core values. Yeah. Understand who you are and who you want to be. Write those core values down and then start looking for people that can mentor you that have core values that align with yours, Mm. right? Because it doesn't matter how successful they are. If your core values are vastly different, you aren't going to be a great apprentice. They're not going to be a great mentor for you. So, you know, we can, we can talk about all Mm. these different things, but I, I think a good piece of advice that I got when I started was find out what your core values are, write them down and basically analyze everybody on your team against that everybody that you're bringing in on, on your team, everybody that you're allowing to be your mentor because if those things don't align you're you're not going to get the result that you want
3: right right
1: mm-hmm. so it's just being intentional from that perspective like from the beginning I'm going to be intentional about who I want to go after and then yeah. and then be relentless and go find those people and yeah. I I love all aspects of business but the most the thing that is always paramount to me is you get to choose kind of who you have in your life yeah so if you're 100%. the sum of the five people that you are around choose wisely right because yeah. it's going to rub off. I so I think that's where culture comes in. So I you mentioned it,
3: we live by it. So yeah. when you have those core values, I think ultimately like people just they want to they want to be good people. Yeah. If you can lead and have those core values and be successful at the same time. I mean, that's what people want. Yeah. You know, so people will just kind of flock to you, you know, yeah. if you have that culture and you have those core core values. I think that's why we've been successful with our company. Yeah. I mean, we spent the year just working, not recruiting, just leading, just doing our thing, and then our business doubled. We didn't we didn't recruit anybody. Yeah, just agents heard about what was happening and what we were doing, and they just wanted to be part of it. And it was word of mouth through our agents just telling it. it's different over here. It's just yeah. different, right? You, know, you got You just got to come check it out. So,
1: sure. All right, so. <clears throat> What's next? We, uh, we covered kind of... So so let's talk about the, the jump now with Gordon, right? Getting into that. Um, yeah, I'd love
2: to hear your uh, how that was. How I was work. working with him. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so, yeah. I mean, making the jump from being in Atlantic City, getting the referral, right? Which was huge yeah. to, to say, yeah, you can go, and I'll give up some of your time to go and do that. Um, and then being able to attach yourself to the team. I mean, you didn't get the call back to be looked at sous-chef, unless you created some good relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, so if you were one of four people on the table, but how much time did you spend with them beforehand?
0: About a month on the prior show. It was really, it was really, um, Gordon who had picked me out. Like he had, cause he had, you know, I ended up consulting on the other show and you know, we just had, I think we had good chemistry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He he reaches out to me. I've, I've been in contact with him, you know, just recently, but, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly I just,
1: that's a big piece of it though. Yeah. Like people aren't just going to call yeah. you out of the blue and go, oh yeah, I know that you're slicing up fish down in Atlantic yeah. city, New Jersey. So, why yeah. don't, so when you had that time with them, you must've made an impact in in yeah. some way. So I've <clears>
0: always liked being, um, how do I like to say this? I like to speak. I like to talk, you know, it's not, I'm not, a am not introverted at all right. in any way about it. So I think it, it takes a certain type of person, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of chefs, you know, you were talking about this earlier, right before we started talking, they're, you know, they're erratic, you know, they, they might not be well-spoken or they might, you know, um, and by no means am I like a perfect person. I just, I, I like to challenge myself. So when I got offered to, you know, to work with Gordon, it wasn't like, oh, I get to be famous. It's like, holy, that's going to be really uncomfortable. I was <laughs> nervous. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is yeah. so easy. Like,
3: right. I mean, I'm, no, I'm I, I mean, there yeah. was
0: times where I'm like sitting there, I'm like, this guy is right next to me. I'm like, this, I mean, this isn't real. Like, right. Social media is not real. I'm like, enjoy this, James. Enjoy this part of your life. Because it might it might just be a flash in the pan or a glimpse. Right. What's real is your wife and kids. What's real is New Jersey and peeling potatoes in your restaurant. That's real. But enjoy this right now, um, and just being humble about it. And then you know, having the ability to, to work with cameras in your face and you know people telling you to do it this way or that way. And it's you know it's it's a, it's a restaurant. It's all real. Right. But it's it's also a TV show. So there's a whole nother layer of or layers of, of what to do. And I think, it, not a, that's a lot of needles to thread. So finding a chef that could do that, like you know, I guess I got I'm, I'm fortunate in that sense that I, I'm capable of that. Yeah. You know I don't I hope that doesn't sound too No it sounds like know. a
3: lot of pressure so you got to make sure Postful. that you're on point no, with that, everything yeah. Yeah. in the kitchen but at the same yes. time you've got camera guys running around you've got a production schedule yes. there's other layers All to it above. where it's like you got to be on point on so many levels yeah. to make sure that hey yep. we get the right shot not yeah. only do I have to make this great we got to get the right shot doing it
0: and it's
3: live
2: yeah. it's a live right. TV show so yeah. I mean
0: Massive pressure. Right.
2: Yeah. Now, did you know when you got into that, like how many seasons you were going to be signed up for? Or was yeah. it kind of like year by year? Uh,
0: you know, usually you get, I, I would get asked and I do too. And then, you know, I'd have to wait. And that, that was kind of the challenge too. It's like, you know, I don't want to walk away from this experience, but I, had, I can't just, you know, while they're not filming, I can't just sit around, right? you know, and it, it was hard. But yeah, you, you have no clue.
2: I was looking back on um, your your first season that yeah. you had with them, and- uh, obviously, you, I guess you were managing the red team or the blue team, and blue. Yeah. and and uh, it looked like it got a little heated during that. You spent like eighteen hours with these guys, uh, yeah. and. And you were like, "What did you do? You embarrassed me in front of everyone." Oh, yeah, right. the halibut. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah the was, halibut. The halibut. He
3: remembers. He the fifty-seven cents and the halibut. <laughs> 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 like, certain uh, things, in certain his first thing to stand out.
0: <laughs> no, I was. A, I was a painful day. Like, I mean, again, I'm. Tra- I'm there. Like, so my job on the show. And That, that was your was first season. Right? I wasn't so, a contestant on the show. I just want to show everybody you understand. Yeah, yeah, right. I actually was a sous chef on the show. Right. So it was like I work with the blue team. I train them on the. It's a kitchen. It's a restaurant. So I train them on the food, how we make the food, how to do it, blah 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 blah. And Gordon gets on me like these guys are just on the show as contestants. But did I say Gordon works for me? I work for Gordon. That's what I meant to say. Like, right. He's my boss. Like you guys are just on the show trying to get him to be your boss. Right. So I had a lot of pressure. So he's like, James, get these guys trained on how to cook this halibut or this this dish. And I spent all day with them. Like every every trick of the trade. And then they just crapped the bed when they right. went on the show. And he's like, like basically, he's like, that, that's that's how you train your people? That's on you. Wow. Like so, that's, and like you know, here I am, like trying to do everything right. So yeah, and that's that's just kind of how the restaurant business goes. Sure. You know? Did you
2: did you have the it flows you, downhill? So to you were speak. you able to call the shots on like people like this guy's gone? Like we're not, you know.
0: Um, of course. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, that was ultimately his decision, but right. you know, I was his sous chef. I was his, you know. And there was Andy, like dear friend of mine too. Um, she was on the girls' team, the red team. And yeah, we would consult. Like, who do you think's got this strength or that strength? But I mean it was ultimately, it was, it was Gordon's decision. Right, you
2: know, it was,
0: sure. he, He's the one who picked who had the chops or not.
1: So out of the whole story, I think the thing that I liked the most was the fact that you, you kind of told yourself like, hey, let's make sure we're enjoying this. Yeah. And even with all the external pressures and even like the newness of it and, you know, it could be a flash in a pan. It could be one season, right? You don't know. It's, yeah. It could be one season. It could be six. You, you don't know what the future holds yeah. in that world. Yeah. But- I think it's a really big mindset issue that all of us need to right. So, power of
2: positivity, man. It's just a
1: great understanding that you have to enjoy it, enjoying the challenges of life, enjoying the benefits. Right. So, like, sometimes you're winning, and sometimes you're getting your teeth kicked in. Right. One of my favorite Bible verses is James one two. Right. Count every trial is blessing, and it's like, well, how do you do that when you're going through it? When you're going through, it's not that easy. It's in hindsight, you can look back and go, oh yeah, that that was really, that was good. It tempered me. It gave me wisdom, whatever. But to be going through it and to, to make sure that you take yourself, pick your head up and go, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And and to enjoy that. Yeah. It's a really big, I think, mindset piece that a lot of people miss and your happiness is going to be directly tied to your ability to do that throughout all aspects of your life. 100%.
0: Hundred percent. And and there's actually a principle that I love to live like think about when, in, in relation to that and it's successful people love the process, not the outcome. The outcome is this much, you know? Yeah. So I do I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I yeah. love it. It's like my you know Oh nice. But like guys spend years doing it, right, to get their black belt. Now getting your black belt takes all of two minutes. You know, the professor calls you up, he ties around your head. so if that's what's gonna make you happy, you're missing out on all the other stuff, the the, the the training, the hours you're putting in. right? Ha- and, and that's another reason why I love jujitsu, not just because of like the, the, the exercise and art aspect of it, but like the, the life lessons I get out of it. And it's like, if you do not love the process, you're wasting your time. Right. You know, if you're only focusing on getting a paycheck or focusing on getting to here, because you're never going to be happy when you get there. Like that, that's never, even when you want to get your black belt, right? You want the stripes. Like, you, <laughs> right. like you're never going to be happy. So like take a breath enjoy it. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And like, say, this is a process right. that I have, that is life. <laughs> that is life.
1: So yes. I just finished uh, the book, Atomic Habits. That's Maybe, a great book. So I, it's really helped me in my health journey. Like, uh, you know, instead of this up and down and uh, tying it to a, uh, to a goal, you know, the guy says in the book very clearly, he's like, you know, when you tie yourself to a goal, then if you fail at hitting that goal, you adopt that failure. If you hit yep. that goal, then you get to allow yourself to be happy. But if your process is I'm, I'm going to start creating healthy habits, yep. right? So now every right every day, wake up 4:55, I put my gym clothes on. That's it. That's all. That's the only habit that I'm trying to create. And guess what happens? I go to the gym. Right. Right? So I won today because I got up and I put my gym shorts on. Yeah. It's very simple and it's only 2 minutes. And if long I did long. that, I won the day because now I'm going to go and and do that. But I think, and I, I'm guilty of this, where I used to tie my success to if I get here, then yeah. I can be happy. What you're doing is burning years of your life yeah. off of not allowing yourself to be happy because you feel like you're, you're so hyper-focused on yeah. that. Your target affixed, right? Correct. And, and Jocko talks about this. You know Jocko Willink? Of course. So I'm going to be with him in Orlando in a couple of weeks. Oh, no way. Tell us. Yeah, so we can chat about that offline, too. Um, we could all cruise down there. Right? The <laughs> we have the ability to do yeah. this. And we're trying to get him on, uh, on our radio show and podcast, too. I was with him out in California. But you're talking about rolling BJJ. He yeah. Yeah. starts every morning of the conference that we're going to at 4 a.m. to go yeah. roll with that guy. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't train Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I'm going to go just so I can Experience. get whooped up on yeah. by a Navy SEAL. I yeah. think it would be a lot of fun. But it's, it's being able to take these, like, and it's interesting because he is shorter than I am. And I stood next to the guy. I was like, this dude could literally take He's me out. He's larger than yeah. so, um, But it's loving the process, falling yep. in love with the process. And I think it's easy to say. Right, especially when you're getting your teeth kicked in, failing at business or failing at something in your life, or it's easy to say, "Well, you got to love the process." But there's ways to help yourself love that process, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really it's 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 mindfulness of it, like being able to pull yourself back and say, "Man, enjoy this," Mm -hmm. and going through it and just say, "Wow, this is what I got done and accomplished that day." So, just uh, really good good principles that you're bringing out here. So. You go, you go do a couple of seasons, learn a lot in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, How was that being away from your family?
0: Really difficult.
1: And how long Um, you away at a clip? Typically, you would go
0: away for like a few months at a time. Um, I I mean, you work around the clock. I mean, it's a lot, it's a pretty aggressive schedule, but there were like, we got a day off a week. You know, some days I get out early and now I'm living in West Hollywood, like in a beautiful apartment overlooking the Hollywood Hills. And I like think just, it was hard, but my family would come out, you know, yeah. um, and stay with me. My kids were actually ended up being on the show a couple of times. Cool. Um, but it, it was kind of, it reminded me of the Atlantic City thing. It was like, in a way, and as messed up as it sounds, and I knew it was short term, I could just focus. I could just focus on being the best version of myself. I was mm. like, you know, I wasn't distracted. I was like, I'm out here to a, like, kind of to, not to contradict what I said, but I was like, I knew what I was doing out there. I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. But in, And for so, that
1: season, right? That's, that's the focus. Like I'm, yeah. I'm here, I'm going to focus on this hundred yeah. percent. I'm going to immerse myself into it.
0: But I'd be lying if I didn't say I missed my kids horribly. Mm, I sure. didn't miss my wife. It was, it was, you know, it was fun for the first two weeks being in this lush apartment, with, you know, and living that life. And, you know, I was making really good money. I was treating myself, going out to dinner by myself, having like awesome dinners and bottles of wine on my days off, of course. Sure. But it, it, it got lonely.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they would come out. It doesn't sound like you'd have a lot of time to come back I home. I couldn't. Right?
0: Maybe be, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd maybe stop home in between, like, because sometimes we'd film, like, a, a couple of seasons at a time or something like that. But I would, um, I, I, I wouldn't be much. Like You know, I pretty much would be gone from the end of the summer to almost Christmas time.
1: So how do you support your wife from across the country with the kids? <laughs> Send like, the checks home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what we do to this day. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know where the checkbook is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I just> <laughs> the <laughs> money's in the bank. I, she, the I it, I,
0: I, she, uh, That's awesome. She can sign my name better than I can. Yeah. That, that, that,
1: that, I think but, uh, we've all agreed on this show multiple times. Like, it, it's my wife that has made me successful 100%. because of the ability to be malleable. Yeah. You know, allow me to go out and try to fail and, and support me through all that stuff and being a mom and all that yeah. stuff. It's, um, it's important to have the right teammate yeah. on the team to really be successful yeah. because, I mean, I know plenty of successful business owners that have failed marriages, yep. and I think it's really helping set the expectation. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, my wife would not handle me going away for months at a clip very well. So having the right teammate, setting those expectations, knowing that you're going towards the same goal too, right? right. You're paddling in the same direction, and you're both sacrificing. Right. At the same time, but
0: yeah, but I think she also understood like it was a giant leap. It wasn't like um, hey babe, I'm gonna go, you know, get a, this job at a restaurant. For no, a few it's months. rocket
1: ship, right? Yeah,
0: it's like this is this could really propel us. And and I was gonna make a significant amount more money. So there's it's all trade off and sacrifice, and you know, life. I'm gonna give you one last principle. If that's okay.
1: Of course, like, that's why we're here.
0: You know, you have to love the process, but you also have to be willing to let life go out of balance. Like you do need to have a good home and you do need to have good work and you do need to have all that, all the this, this whole hodgepodge of life equally balanced, right? But that's also a flawed way of thinking. You need to forgive yourself, say, I'm going out of balance. Mm. I'm, I might miss this dance recital, but I'm building something. Or you might not be able to go to every, take every job or opportunity because you know what? I have kids. So life is constantly shifting in and out of balance and that's okay too. And if your partner is okay with that life is good. Yeah. You know,
1: no, that's great. It's a great way to think about it too. I've never really thought about it like that because I think I try to be so rigid about, Hey, I want to make sure I'm, that this is in line and this is in line, but there are certainly those times, right? I mean, like a couple of weeks ago, I had to go to an event. It was at night. I couldn't be home to put the kids to bed. To my wife. We have three kids, one's a baby right now. Like, so she it was a lot. I always try to get home for dinner and to put right. the kids at home and everything else is kind of, yeah. but I just couldn't be there. Yeah. And she was like, no, it's cool. I get it. Yeah. And sometimes that just happens. Right. Yeah. And you have to be okay with it. And you're yeah. right. Be forgiving to yourself of, yeah. hey, this is the plan. Right. And life doesn't always go according exactly. to plan. So and that's okay.
0: Be okay with being, you know, you're, there's gonna be times where you're super healthy and eating right. Like, and there's gonna be times where you just literally can't work out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is the last month of my life,
0: and and, and, yeah, it is what it
1: is. Yeah, I think offering yourself that level of grace is important. Otherwise, you start to mentally beat yourself up.
0: You're listening to the Finding Success Show.
1: Welcome back to the Finding Success Radio Show. We're here with. James Avery, chef-owner of Bonnie Reed. You know him from Hell's Kitchen. We know him as just being a rad dude in the studio today, so (laughs) thanks for hanging out with us again today. We're we're diving through some pretty cool success principles, and um, we were just talking while we were off air for a second about uh, something that somebody told you. Why don't you go ahead and relate to our listeners what that was?
0: Sure, sure, sure. So um, minus his recent kind of negative publicity, Mario Batali had a really good thing that he said, and it was quoted that a really good chef uh, should have a calculator in one hand and a cookbook in the other. And what I got out of that was that, you know, you can't just be all business or all art. You have to find the commonality. And the way I took that was like, you need to focus on being the best version of yourself. And that means like reading the books and that means studying the business side. And I'm an avid reader on on all topics. Uh, How
1: many books do you think you read in a year?
0: I read so many because I read differently. Yep. I own a lot of books. I, I literally probably own close to a thousand books. Wow. Um, and I don't just read them cover to cover all the time. You know, I might just read a chapter. Sure. I might thumb through and grab. So it's like me, it's like I reference a lot of books. Like, and, I'm, and I subscribe to the a lot of abstract things. And so whatever. But I, I read a lot of books. But that is as important as also focusing on what your chosen path is. And you know, I happen to be a chef. So I, I do research a lot of chefs and what's, you know, food trends and all that. But I, but I think... A lot of people, they teeter to left or right. You know, they they focus too much on that and not enough on their actual business or area of expertise, or they focus too much on the area of expertise and they miss the whole way to put all of it together. So-
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. You, know, you can create some of the best dishes in yeah. the world, but if you don't know how to balance a checkbook at the end of the year, your business yep. is going say under. Say
0: it all the time to my guys. Yeah. I say, you know, I say the food is the easy part. Anybody can pick up a cookbook and read a recipe. Not everybody can lead, you know, people who don't make big wages, who can work long, strenuous hours, uh, and, and motivate people, you know? I'm not paying people hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you know? yeah. It's not like I've got a bunch of MBAs. I have people, you know, that uh, great people. This isn't a shot at anybody in that business, but it's like, you have to find ways to motivate people. So if you can't do that without money, like, you know, because-
1: Yeah, how do you do like, it? How if do you do it? You have to inspire, you, yeah. right. you have to Man. get them
0: engaged and, 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 and show them there's value and other ways to do things. and. So, you know, again, that's another big principle.
1: It's right, one of the biggest things that I saw while working in the restaurant business when I was in college was, you knew these guys were pulling 14 hour days and not making a ton of money, right? but the camaraderie in the kitchen's unlike anything you almost have ever seen. You
0: have to focus on that.
1: And, you know, when you have that, that team, right? That has successful nights or, you know, even bad nights, like, and they learn from it and they're back in the kitchen the next day, eight o'clock in the morning, and they just got their teeth kicked in last night. Yep. It was um, something that I started really seeing, you know, I I was lucky enough to work in some really great restaurants in Boston, James Beard award-winning chefs and things like that. And uh, they did a great job of inspiring good cooks to be great cooks and good chefs and great chefs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have some other James Beard award-winning chefs that came out of that kitchen from when I was there that now own and operate restaurants in New York and Philly and, but they weren't making a lot of money, yep. right? And I think a lot, I think the misconception is that you can pay people a lot and they will do their job really well. right? And that's not true. The same thing that you have to do to inspire your team, we all have to do too. We might be able to pay a higher salary and maybe, I, I, I don't know that to be true necessarily. Right. But yeah, I mean, you have to be able to say, here's the goal. We're going to go after it mm-hmm. and- Here's how you get there and get people to follow you. Yeah. real easy to charge them out and really hard to get a bunch of people to yeah. follow you up it.
2: Well, that's the difference yeah. between a boss and a leader, right? Yeah. If you're a leader, your the, your staff, your employees will follow you. You know, yep. they'll grow with you. And, you know, and at the same time, it's like you just nailed it on the head. It's not just necessarily about paying them a great salary.
1: Yep. It's
2: that, that they respect you yep. and that they know that you're in the trenches with them and you're leading them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the key for us is like we look to elevate the people so like I look right. at it like this like
3: I'm not validated until I bring somebody up to where I was yeah. you know so yeah. if you have the ability to kind of you know groom some people yeah. you know one day you'll have some chef partners sure. you know and you yeah. have a conglomerate of yeah. maybe five different restaurants but they have to see the vision that's of that. It. that's where you're going and you've got to talk about exactly. it and they'll see like hey if I hang out with this guy maybe exactly. I could follow that same path Exactly. and whether they stick or not stick They'll stay, they'll stay longer because they're going to learn you know, all the things that you got passed down yeah. for, you know, from your chef. For sure. You'll do the same thing. And we, we do the same thing. And if you know, p- people will leave and it's, it, you know, God bless them, they'll do big things, but... Maybe. Right, right. It's your responsibility they could also fail. fail. Go, ahead and, go right. ahead and do it. Right. They could also fail, but it's, it's uh, equipping them with the tools to also survive on their yeah. own. So I don't want people to feel like they're necessarily tied, their success is tied directly to me, it's got to be kind of, you know, 50, 50, you got to kind of be able to work together and, you know, moving forward in the future. So, um, there's gotta be a time where they see the value. There can't be that drop off where, you know, they're not seeing it because you're not around anymore. So that's the trick I think.
1: Yeah. So cookbook in one hand, calculator in another. Great. It's it's a great point. I mean, commercial real estate, real estate, residential, it doesn't matter, right? You also have the other side of the business that needs to get run. We, you know, this is kind of how this don't want to be losing money. radio show got <laughs> started. It was like, hey, why don't we talk about some of the stuff that we know and learn what yeah. we don't know from some other really successful people too. Um, you know, I think the big takeaway here is if you're looking to be successful as you're listening to this show, read. You got to read. Yeah. I mean, I, last three years, I've read about a book a week. Right? And the only reason I did that was because I heard that CEOs, top CEOs, were reading about a book a week. And I was like, 52 bucks a year. That's insane. I can't do that. Or can I? Let's see. And yeah, it turns out you can, especially mm-hmm. stuff that really interests yep. you, right? Whether it's I'm personal sure. growth or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or, I mean, there's there's a ton of topics out there. And you can grab golden nuggets from all of it, right? I'm, li- I, I'm listening to uh, Shoe Dog right now, which it's is the- night. Oh man, what a great, what a great book. It's probably the first book that is told in like a story form that I've listened to in a long time, Mm. but fantastic. Atomic Habits was great. This book is great, but you can find uh, nuggets of wisdom from successful people everywhere. Just uh, turn the TV off, go read a book. So, well, not one. Kitchen nightmares. Is Here's out. a great. James <laughs> <problem.
0: laughs> <laughs> right. is on TV. Yeah. I subscribe. You guys should check it out. It's called OptimizeMe.com. It's Brian uh, Brian Johnson. He has basically philosopher's notes. He takes all these books, and it's compressed. He literally that's how he that's how he advertises. It. It's compressed wisdom. So he takes these oh, books perfect. and he takes the five big. Like, every book has five main ideas. Right. I love that. Oh, but that's you can, amazing. You can't sell a book that's three pages long. So they just add and beat it into your head. Right, but if right. you now know how to read. Like, you can just read this five page thing, and now oh, you have the book.
1: I am that's great. all over that. So I've been, in been in a member life. of that,
0: and I, you know, it's like, and I buy, I end up buying the book anyway, just because I love, like, highlighting and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, compressed ways of little nuggets. I love it. Grabbing nuggets all the time. Yeah. Awesome. What is that again?
2: Optimize?
0: OptimizeMe.com, and it's, it's Brian Tracy, uh, Brian, Brian Tracy, Brian Johnson, Philosopher Notes is, like, what it is. But it's, it's, you, you'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it's, it's great. Check it out.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's a cool. tool that I use. And I think that's, uh, You know, when I started reading, it was interesting because when I got out of college, I was reading a lot because I had to and not stuff that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then there was a period of time for probably four or five years where I was just done. I wasn't really picking up books. I wasn't really watching anything that was right. I was just kind of shut down. What I've realized is that a lot of the world lives there. Like, so as we were hiring some people a couple years back, one of the interview questions was, What's the last book you read and when was it? Mm. And I can't tell you some of the shocking answers that I would get. Like, I don't read books. I watch the news, right? And I was like, oh, red flag. Okay, (laughs) so that's a pretty toxic place to get (laughs) all your information, right? And then some people would say, oh, the last time I read a book was uh, college, right? The guy's 58 years old. And it just made me recognize that the people that I was getting around were on this one trajectory of growth and this is where I want to go. And a, a lot of the world lives in this other place where- they just want to be spoon-fed information. Successful people don't do that, right? They get out of their comfort zone. They get out of their own way. They go and they div- dig into, you know, where are we getting these little nuggets of wisdom? Where mm-hmm. where can we be better and, yeah. and things like that? And uh, I think once you get around more and more people that do that, you realize, like, it's fun to do and it's fun to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, uh, So what else?
0: I don't know. So much. I mean, there's there's a lot a lot. This could be a five-hour, five-day podcast. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, think, I think if we have a few more minutes to talk about one last thing, I, I guess a buddy of mine uh, had mentioned this to me, and it's, and it's kind of been a, a really, it's stuck with me for a long time. And he said there's really only a few rules you got to live by in life. And he said, you know, number one is uh, just be the best version of yourself at all times, at least, or at least try to be. You know, if we're all trying to do that, that would be a pretty kick-ass society we live in. If we were really genuinely concerned about ourselves and being the best version of ourselves that's good for society. Always do what you say you're going to do. Mm. You know? don't bull. <laughs> don't. Sorry, if I, but like, don't. Always do what you say you're going to do, and don't hurt anybody while you're trying to do number one and number two. And that to me is kind of how I wake up and live my life. Yeah. You know, it's very basic, but it's also very profound. If you think about those three guiding principles in life, it's it's a, it's a recipe for success.
1: Sure. Well, wow, simple, absolutely. not easy, right? Yep. That's it. But I think it is. It's easy to want to be the best version of yourself, um, putting guardrails up in place to, to keep you accountable to those things on the days that you don't feel like, you know, pushing the extra mile is, is important. Um, the integrity aspect of it is big, mm-hmm. right? And just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yep. Pe- people rely on you and get, give you respect the way that you can continue to grow. So that's, yeah, that's great advice. And then, yeah, don't hurt anybody along the way.
0: And, that, and that's a broad term, but, you know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't undercut. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't don't rob anybody Of their income You know like Don't yeah. hurt anybody
3: Right be fair You know Just treat people The way you want To be treated
1: yeah. When you mentioned This off air too Before you're, you're Saying like You know I have bosses too Right I have investors That work with yeah. me And things like that And you know Something that we Always say in our company Is the only barometer We really care about Is happy investors Yes Because If they're happy We're happy Right, right? that means We're making them happy We're doing a good job And that doesn't necessarily always mean that the returns are what the returns are, right? That means that they know, like, and trust us yep. with their hard-earned money. yeah, And that's a big deal, yep. right? Because you're not just, they're not, nobody wants to light any money on fire, right? right? So when you take money in, it's a responsibility. <laughs> 100%. But that's the thing, right? Is they know, like, and trust you and they trust that you yeah. are doing the best with, the business plan that they were given and they bought into it, yep. right? And yeah, investors lose money. And at the end of the day, I've had people lose money and st- still come to Christmas dinner yep. because that was a business transaction. Our personal relationship won't be affected by it yeah. because we were just honest and transparent through that process. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's we all, we all have those relationships in our lives that as long as we're focused on them, right? Then we have a better chance of success.
3: So what about the future, man? Any uh, no, Anything I mean, you're working towards in the next uh, um, couple of years?
0: So right now, yeah, I mean, I, there's some growth plans on the horizon. I have some things that are talking about, but, you know, for a very long time, I've, I've really carried a lot on my shoulders and have and, and been involved with multiple projects at one time. I'm at a point where, you know, I just had a restaurant, you know, we're kind of closed down a location. So I'm really only running the Bonnie Reed, which in a roundabout way, because I have such a great team runs itself. I'm just enjoying nice. being James Avery. You know, getting back into working out, spending time with my family. Uh, I'm hyper involved in a few political things that are going on right now, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of doing more than just focusing on my business. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, you know, I, I want to do more restaurants. I want to bring. I have I have a commitment to people that have been put their faith in me and in their growth, and I that's a huge motivator for me to get more restaurants. You were kind of talked about it before, is, so yeah. I mean, you know, in the next couple of years, expect to see some more James Avery restaurants.
2: Awesome Hope, What would be your next Target city You're in Asbury right now Which is a great hot spot
0: Yeah I don't know Things are kind of Always changing and evolving You guys know that Being real estate I don't know Maybe you can tell me But you know Somewhere there's a lot of people That like to spend money On food and beverages It's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <totally laughs> good place to start <laughs> And I guess it depends yeah, On what kind of demo. restaurant yeah. It's going to yeah, be too yeah. That's the uh, key I, I have my eyes up On like the Red Bank area Okay oh, I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to kind of like This uh, Ocean County area too I haven't really spent A lot of time down here But population density is good Um Disposable income looks good. Probably yeah, it's so, getting there. You know, so we'll see. now yeah, but maybe that's maybe that's where this relationship will go next.
1: Awesome, cool. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. We've definitely learned a lot. I've taken a bunch of notes. Cool. And you uh, <laughs> too. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, gentlemen. As always. Any yeah. parting shots or? Are... That's
0: it, man. I think I, cool. I think I I I dumped it all out. I'm out.
1: <laughs> thank you. Wonderful. Love it. love it. All right, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Finding Success Show. Go out, find your own. We're out. Make it a great day.
3: Thank you for tuning in to the Finding Success Show.
0: For more exclusive content and previous episodes, check out successradioshow.com. That's www.successradioshow.com.